In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, New York. New York, concrete jungle where dreams come. In other words, anyway, I'm here with Noah, the head of the uh, New York, the Big Apple backers. Noah, how are you, buddy? Good, how you doing? Excellent, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you later in the year, but first of all, tell us a little bit about why you're a Browns fan in New York. Well, I was born in Cleveland, so I didn't really have a choice. You know, we often joke around, there's three ways that you become a Browns fan. You're either born in Cleveland, or your father tricks you. You grow up somewhere else, and your father tricks you into supporting the Browns. Uh, or you marry into it, right? We have a lot of converted girlfriends, boyfriends that come to our bar. There's really not a fourth way up until about this year. Like, no one wakes up and says, you know, three years ago, I just want to support the worst team in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. But then you see with the last, you know, call it two seasons, everything with Baker and now with OBJ, we're getting a ton of other fans, whether they're Oklahoma fans, Baker fans, you know, OBJ fans. So definitely growing. I wonder if you've got any Giants fans going to come across. I don't think there'll be Giants fans. I think, you know, I think the younger generation, they don't as much associate with teams, regardless of sport. It's more with individual players. You know, people aren't like, I'm a Cavs fan, I'm a LeBron fan, right? That's what you get a lot of. And I think you're going to have a lot of people that are just OBJ fans, whether you like him as a player or his personality. Um, you know, I saw some of the backers groups and a lot of people on Twitter, they're like, you know, we don't want your bandwagon fans. Like, if you guys haven't been here from the beginning, like, that's not our mentality. Like, we will take everyone and anyone. This is a celebration. It doesn't matter if you're a first-year person or you've been doing this for 40 years. Yeah, so um, I've been a Browns fan for 15 years, only because of the word Browns, Paul Brown. So I'm the fourth kind of choice Anything Brown related was it yeah. Browns? Paul Brown, the founder, blah blah blah. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's a bit interesting because quite luckily people can't hate me because I got on this bandwagon when the Browns were doing really bad. So uh, fifteen and one, zero and sixteen, traveling across. So uh, yeah, hopefully this season's going to be my reward. So hopefully it all pay off. Although and, the one thing you can't really have as a Browns fan, hope. <laughs> what I always spoke about. So you got to be careful. And the other thing is, though, like, for the last 20 years, I feel really bad for the Browns fans for the last 20 years. You know, what they've gone through has been, like, absolutely uh, crazily bad. Like, team moves, starting a game from scratch. The team that move wins Super Bowls. Yeah, it's just awful. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's definitely, you know, a part of the history. That's definitely something that I think a lot of the older fans and the older generation fixates on. Um, you know, one of the unique characteristics of our backers group in New York is that we do skew younger. And I think the average age of the backers groups is somewhere in their probably late 40s, early 50s, if not older, depending on where you go. Um, you know, with the resurgence of the Browns and just given the fact that New York's, you know, typically a younger city for those that are coming out, you know, watching games on Sunday, like our average age is probably uh, mid to late 20s, which is amazing for kind of intensity and kind of that rowdiness that our bar possesses. 
Awesome. And uh, you've actually got a Brit over there at the moment, a guy called uh, uh, Dan Davis is out there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. He popped in. He sent us a couple messages, said he was coming across the pond. Um, I don't know if he remembers the first game. I'm pretty sure he got very drunk that first game. Uh, but he's, uh, he's a good guy. He's been coming out. I think we saw him maybe five or six times, and then he was traveling the country watching games in person. Um, but he'll be there hopefully week one. Yeah, and he told me the uh, something about a penguin. Do you want to tell us a yeah, little bit about this? We have an unofficial mascot, which is uh, our shot penguin. So like I said, a lot of the backers you know, kind of tend to skew a little bit older. It's you know, not curmudgeon, but you know, they're sitting there watching the game, eating their food. Um, ours is really representative of like the Muni lot. I mean, it is standing room only. If you're not there two hours before kickoff, you're not getting a seat. You know, towards the end of last season, we were packing in about 400, 450 people. Um, so it's nuts and it's awesome. Really, really rowdy. And the shot penguin just kind of emerged, gosh, probably four or five years ago. The um, general manager of our bar had a couple extra of these costumes from Halloween laying around. And, you know, we were trying to drum up support because back in those days, you know, we weren't doing so hot. So we had one of the bartenders or waitresses put on this ridiculous penguin costume and uh, at halftime uh, kind of run around playing, you know, Cleveland theme music, pouring shots of fireball in uh, customers' mouths. And then it just became a thing, like, like a mythological creature. I mean, I get people from out of town. I'd say our, our, our mix is probably 70% local, 30% folks that are coming visiting New York you know, dropping off kids at, at college, uh, taking their wives on anniversary trips, you know, to get, see some shows and then, you know, ditch away on Sunday to come watch <laughs> the game. And the first question I get every single time when new folks come in, they're like, when's the shot penguin coming out? Is the shot penguin coming out? So it's kind of built up this legendary status this year because we're going to be so packed and have so many people, we're probably going to expand it, maybe get an entire, you know, crew of penguins, maybe three or four. Well, my first key question for you is, there's rumours going around that you may lose the penguin for a uh, someone walking around as a big dog. Is that true or? No, no. The penguin's here to stay. It's our unofficial mascot. You know, we're we're all about the dog pound. There's lots of dog paraphernalia, but the penguin is uh, kind of our own weird thing. We actually snuck it into our T-shirts last year. You know, our logo is the brownie elf mm. as the Statue of Liberty with the New York skyline behind it. And last year we kind of put a little Where's Waldo Easter egg. There's a penguin kind of hiding behind the Empire State Building. Absolutely awesome. And uh, yeah, tell us, uh, where do you meet in New York? So we are based very central. It's probably like one of the easiest locations to get to. Uh, it's a bar called Brother Jimmy's Barbecue in Murray Hill. Uh, it's 31st in Lexington. So really, uh, really central, really easy to get to through, you know, various subways. Um, great location. We initially, we kicked off nine years ago at another brother jimmy's that was based in union square which is about a mile away from our current location and then we grew to a certain size that you know wasn't working at the old one and so we got moved to the flagship so this is their biggest uh location in the city they treat us well we have our entire private level so when you walk in the entire downstairs which is a massive bar uh seat, seating area and then an entirely different room with projectors standing room more tables um so we have our entire level and there's about 15, 16 TVs, two projectors, only playing the Browns games. We do not play any other games, no matter what's going on. Um, we don't let any fans down there that are playing or on the, the rival team that we're playing that week. Um, so if we're playing the Jets, no Jets fans are allowed downstairs, which is a really fun policy. Um, usually if you walk down there, it's pretty rowdy. Everyone will boo you. Maybe you throw a couple tater tots at you and good jest and good fun. 
but uh, it's definitely a, a Browns only safe haven. Mate, it sounds absolutely awesome. And you're just looking on the map. So you're kind of, if, if I was a tourist, you're near Empire State Building, yeah? Yeah, about a five minute walk from the Empire State Building. So a lot of tourists come in, they stay in Times, uh, Times Square, which uh, as, a, as a, you know, a local New Yorker of seven years now, I would say do not stay there. But, you know, it's cheap and affordable and a lot of people think it's central. Um, but we're, you know, probably a 10 minute walk from there and a five minute walk from the Empire State Building. Awesome. And uh, the Browns are coming out to New York and uh, obviously I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. What, what are you planning and, and uh, yeah, what are you going to be doing? Yes, yeah, so we've been looking forward to this. I mean, we've played the Jets the last two seasons, but both of the instances have been in Cleveland. Uh, it was either four or five years ago. I think five years ago, they were in New York, but we weren't as organized. And that was kind of in the early days. Um, so we just had kind of an unofficial, uh, you know, tailgate and everyone tried to grab seats with one another. This year, we've blown it out. You know, it's almost like a full-time job on my end with the other folks that helped me organize. So we've been working with the Jets uh, ticket office. They've allocated a bunch of seats uh, and tickets for us in three different uh, sections, three different price tiers at face value, which is essentially like half of what the secondary stub hub market is right now. Um, we also have a welcome party. So if you're a fan of the backers and you go to games, you'll always get this welcome party the day before, the night before. Usually that's a Saturday night because the Browns haven't had a Monday night football game in ages. So this year we're having a Sunday night welcome party at our home bar, uh, 8 p.m. the night before, uh, shutting down the entire bar. It's only open to Browns fans. So two floors of this massive bar probably can hold about, you know, 500, 600 folks. We're expecting to be at capacity, which is awesome. Um, we're going to have some of Browns alumni. The Browns organization is really good about sending out players from yesteryear to come over and do autograph signings, meet and greets. We're going to have some members of the ownership team. Uh, that are supposedly going to come out. Usually you get the beat writers that are in town, especially for a New York game. So we're expecting a full crew. It's going to be really fun. We got some raffles going. We're going to be airing the Jets game, the classic Thursday night game from last year. That'll be on the, every single TV at the bar. It'll be a party. And uh, what's the capacity? 400, you said, or you can do more? No, we can, I think we can push. I think the, the fire marshal puts it at about 550, 600. I mean, we've, we've packed the place, so. It's, uh, it'll be fun. I guarantee you it'll be full within the first hour. Do people need to get tickets before or? No, you know, a lot of places have, you know, you can get reservations, uh, you know, kind of assigned seats. You know, we're, we're not about that. You know, it's really about the fans. And, you know, we actually did a promo last year where it was kind of, uh, we did like, you know, what was the actual thing? It wasn't 10 cent beer night, but we did free beer for the first hour uh, before the game. And people were literally lining up. Like I get to the bar two to three hours early to kind of set up. There were people that beat me to the bar. Like 30 people were waiting there. Like one of those Thanksgiving Black Friday scenes when the mall gates open and everyone bum rushes the bar. Um, so I would expect, um, you know, everyone to get there. But it, I, I'm expecting, you know, 500 to 600, but no tickets. You know, there'll be a, a line out the door, I'm sure. So just make sure you get there close to 8 p.m. And yeah, just, just to refresh myself, it's a Monday night game, isn't it? It's a Monday night game, so our party's Sunday night at 8 p.m. Yeah, okay, cool. So I fly in, I think, Sunday morning. Great. I'm going to try and do a bar crawl to the official tailgate, your place. And then um, I think on the day, I'm just going to uh, – do you think it's best to go to the Jets area and tailgate there? But 
kick off. You know, we, so we, we have our own tailgate. So part of this uh, deal that we worked out with the Jets, in addition to getting like a thousand tickets through our group portal. Uh, and by the way, all this stuff is available on our website. There's like a, all you need to know, just bigapplebrowns.com. It's got all the information about group ticket sales, the welcome party, and then the tailgate. So uh, when I was at the Tampa game last year, I met a guy by the name of Steve Weber who runs the Nats tailgater, which is the official tailgaters in the lakefront airport in Cleveland. Yeah. Those guys uh, travel to a lot of games and then they, you know, they're back in Cleveland for home games. They're coming out and helping us co-run the tailgate. And then through the Jets, we've secured a massive lot. We should be able to hold, you know, anywhere from 800 to 1,000 people, which is what we're expecting on Monday. Um, the tailgate's going to start at 3.30. They let us into the parking lot at 3.15. We're going to get set up real quickly. So you're allowed to be there, NFL rules, five hours before kickoff. Kickoff's, you know, 8.15, 8.30. So if anyone wants to call in sick on Monday or they'll be traveling, you know, visiting New York, we'll be there at 3.30. So you should come out when I go out there at 3.30 and start um, getting a drink on a little bit early. Yeah, mate, that sounds uh, ideal. So, uh, yeah, it all depends on um... – Maybe I'll do the bar crawl on the, uh, on the way to the game, maybe. I don't know. Because the thing I do is, um, I don't know if you saw that uh, Matthew Dixon, a guy who had um, who's fighting bone cancer. We did, a bar, yep. Yep, we did a bar crawl and Freddie Kitchen turned up. And in Cleveland, we managed to do two bars in, I think, four hours, which was very pathetic. So uh, I challenged New York that we could do... Uh, I think in four hours, how many bars we could actually do on a bar crawl. So I mean, there's 30 bars on one city block. So like, it, <laughs> it won't be tough. We'll get you some transportation, you know, with your feet, or maybe we'll push you around in a wheelchair. Who knows? Mate, but we'll, um, we'll I, I, day of, you should definitely come to the game as early as possible. Um, we're going to have a cornhole tournament. We have a DJ coming in, playing everything. Um, we have tons of beer and booze. You can buy drink tickets in advance, which is what we're suggesting. It's, 23 bucks for all you can drink beer and booze, which is a ridiculous deal in New York, considering yeah. those are eight to $10 a pop at a bar. So we're going to be doing all those sorts of festivities. We got bartenders, tons of beer, booze, uh, you know, soda and water for kids and those that don't drink. Uh, it should be a pretty wild time. Mate, it sounds absolutely awesome. And what, how much interest have you, do you think you've got and or how many tickets you sold? We've sold a, a, a boatload. Uh, I'd have to go check with the Jets to figure out what our last tally's at, but it's, you know, we're getting close to that 1,000-person um, wow. allocation. But they're great. The Jets have been amazing. They just keep allocating more seats. So certain sections have been selling out, and then they've been adding more seats. So definitely encourage everyone to grab a seat uh, and a ticket now because they're at face value. If you go look on Ticketmaster and StubHub, they're legit, you know, 50 to $100 to $200 more. So I encourage you to do that because once they're gone, they're gone um, and we won't be able to help you. But the key part of that, of that, in addition to being face value, is that you're sitting with Browns fans, right? So they've allocated us in kind of three areas of the stadium and your entire section will be Browns fans. You don't have to deal with any Jets fans. Yeah, so someone like myself who hasn't got a ticket now, I should go to your website and that'll give me a link to, to where I should buy the ticket. Is that correct? Exactly. And that's just big, it's just bigapplebrowns.com. All right, cool. Yeah, I looked at the tickets. I'm going I'm to arrive into JFK around 1 o'clock on the... 15th, on Sunday. On the Sunday. Yeah. So that, yeah, I'll get my my Airbnb's in uh, 
or Dan Davis's accommodation somewhere, I think, near where you live, actually, in near Brooklyn. So, yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a Brooklyn guy, so we can happy to carpool slash I'll, I'll put you on a kid leash and take you through the subway system so you don't get lost. Mate, I've, I've, done, this, I've, done, this, I've done the metro subways in New York. Um, uh, uh, I'm okay. I'm not brilliant, but I'm okay. And, yeah, and then, yeah, I'll literally... Uh, literally do a bar crawl, I think, to your, your event, which can be absolutely amazing. And then, um, yeah, I fly out on the 17th, so uh, in the morning. So uh, a little hangover. Hopefully, hopefully you make your flight on the 17th. Well, and afterwards, have you got a plan afterwards, the game? Well, no, but it's a, night, it's a nighttime game, right? So the game kicks off at 8.30 at night, so that's not going to finish until, you know, close to midnight. So and literally, we're still standing happy to go get a couple of beers after that. I've never been to a late uh, game in the States, so uh, I don't know how it works. So that means, look, yeah, so after the game, everyone just go back to the hotels. Yeah, I mean, everyone, people probably go back to their hotels, they go back to where they live, depending on, you know, what happens. But do you remember the bars are up until, you know, 3.30, 4 a.m. in New York. So if you want a drink, you can definitely find a place to get a drink. Awesome. Mate, I'm absolutely buzzing about this trip. And, uh, yeah, a question I ask uh, all um, all presidents and uh, different states is if you had a choice, Cleveland or New York food, what would you choose? You know, it, it depends. I mean, New York's one of the greatest melting pots. So, like anything that you can imagine, we've got. Um, you know, I definitely miss some of the you know the Polish, Slavic, Hungarian food that you can get in Cleveland, but New York's got some pretty amazing food. We've got great food at our bar. It's one of the best barbecue spots in the city. They smoke all their own wings, all their own meats. Um, so for game days, you really can't beat kind of what we have going. Uh, you know, I was living in Cleveland until I was 18. Love Cleveland, everything about it, but, you know, New York's my home now. Okay, and uh, I'm coming to New York, and if there was one restaurant where you would take me in, and let's not talk about your bar or what would be like the, the most famous New York food that you would I mean, The cliche is always New York pizza, right? So the pizza is pretty remarkable. So especially if you're staying with Dan out in Brooklyn, I can give you three or four spots, probably within a 10 block radius of where you're staying that you should definitely hit up for, you know, a late night slice. Yeah, because I've always got New York's back on the pizza. I think it's the best pizza in America. It's, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, the mainstay is always Joe's Pizza. There's a bunch of those. Started out in the village. There's a couple of them in Brooklyn. That's amazing. Best pizza in, in Williamsburg is one of the single best slices you're going to get. And then you can go deeper in Brooklyn if you want the, um, you know, the old school traditional stuff. But, you know, either Joe's Pizza or Best Pizza in Williamsburg, those two are tops in my book. Yeah, because I've obviously done the, uh, what's the one at the end of the Brooklyn Bridge? Um, Grimadas, is it? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And I've also done the... Julia's, is it? or There's John's on Bleecker, which is considered one of the best. Um, that's a good one. That's really central. But I, I'm not, again, my two cents, uh, Joe's Pizza or Best Pizza, that, you can't really go wrong with those. Options. Yeah, Julian's Pizza is the other one I went to. And I think that's down in, uh, yeah, that's uh, in Dumbo as well. Yeah. If you're not doing that, then, you know, a traditional corned beef sandwich, New York deli style, those are pretty awesome as well. Second Avenue Deli, probably the best in the city. I've done that. Uh, Cat's Deli, I don't know if that's a touristy thing or not. It's a, it's a touristy thing. That's like a $25 corned beef that's the size of your head, which it's good. It's great. Um, Second Avenue Deli is more of the locals. Really good. Uh, awesome lean corned beef. Say it again, what it's called, too? Second Avenue Deli. Okay. It's about a 10-minute walk from our bar. So 
you're in the same the same area. Oh, excellent. Well, no, mate, thank you very much for your time. And I'm really, really pumped about uh, coming out to New York. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. It sounds like over a 1,000 Browns fans. Yeah, gonna... we're, I mean, we're one of the largest in the country, I think. And my buddy Jake, who runs the Chicago Browns backers, will probably, you know, talk smack if I say that we're the biggest. They have a massive, massive group. I think they pull in about 600. Their bar is the size of a football field. It's awesome, and they've got a great turnout. We're definitely second. Um, my goal this year is to expand and hopefully we can beat the Chicago guys and overall, you know, backer size. We've got about 300 some odd members registered through the Browns website. But like I said, those last couple games last season, we were rocking about, you know, 500, 600 folks coming in. Um, so it's, it's pretty awesome. One question for you, though. You know, we mentioned the shot penguin. We do occasionally have guest uh, penguin kind of shout out. So if if you know, push comes to shove and we need you to don a penguin suit and run around and pour some fireball in people's mouths. Hopefully you will step up to the plate. Mate, that's a really bad question to ask. Of course I will. Okay, uh, perfect. It, it'd be honored to dress up as a penguin and pour shots down innocent Browns fans. It, it sounds like a dream job. It's really, it, it is a great job. And it's a, you know, it's a sense of community. It's really funny. It's kind of gimmicky, but at the same time, like who's going to say no to a, you know, a British guy dressed like a penguin with a bottle of fireball in his hand. It's really hard to say no. Does it have to be fireball? Can we have Jaeger bombs or is that a no-no? It's always been, it's always been fireball, but if you want to do, you know, your own cocktail, we can talk to the bartenders. I'm sure we can arrange Matt, I'm not going to break a, a custom where we're doing fireballs. Yeah. Fireballs are good for all ages, 21 and up. So I, it's kind of hard to say no to a, you know, a, a sweet whiskey. Are they free or not? Yeah, of course. Now, here's, here's a challenge for both of us. Do you think we could get everyone in the bar at the same time doing a fireball shot? Um, I think we've gotten pretty damn close. You know, after we score touchdowns, the bartenders are always handing out free shots. Um, we could probably do it. Depends how many people show up, but I'm up to the challenge. All right, excellent. Well, it, like I said, I cannot wait for this game. It's got uh, Greg Williams, obviously, ex-Browns, now at the Jets. There's a, there's a few um, Browns players as well who play for the Jets now. Um, no, Crowell's left, hasn't he? So uh, Yeah, he's left. He ran his mouth. He's out of there. Uh, they've got, you know, they've got Le'Veon Bell, who's with the Steelers, who we love to hate. It'll be yeah. a good game, right? You got, um, you know, you've got Sam Darnold versus Baker, right? Those are the two, you know, supposed, supposedly best quarterbacks in the draft, and they're facing off Monday Night Football. And it's also the 50th year anniversary of Monday Night Football. And yes. the first game was Browns-Jets. So the NFL did a really good job of kind of honoring uh, that legacy. So it's going to be a wild game. Yeah, I can't wait. And uh, just, just uh, we spoke before the show, you used to, be, um, used to live here in London for a bit. Yeah, I was working out in London, so well aware of, you know, everything that goes down there. I used to go to the, was it, the, the British Bulldog backers. Um, yeah. I don't know how you guys do it. You know, basically every game is a night game for you because the 1 o'clock game started at 6 p.m. It's got to be rough on your Monday mornings. But, you know, I was going three, four years ago when the Browns were absolutely awful, and they still had a good 30, 40, 50 folks that were coming out at 6 p.m. on a Sunday to watch the game. So that was really fun. Yeah, so, yeah, all our games are 6 or 1, one thirty. So, um, yeah, we actually uh, – Kelly, our president, was actually talking um, maybe we're going to do more 1, one thirty games this year, actually. Well, there's what five or six prime five primetime games, so some of your games are going to be starting pretty, pretty damn late in the night. Well, the British backers are going to be coming out uh, to uh, 
uh, Cleveland for uh, the Bills and the Steelers game. So when you look through and look at the six o'clock or the one o'clock in Cleveland uh, on a Sunday games, I think there's just a handful of them. So um, yeah, we're, we're going to struggle. But it, Cleveland and uh, New York are obviously in the same time zone, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. Does it change at all or is it always in the same, same zone? Always the same. Always the same. Yeah. All right, buddy, mate. Uh, I really look forward to you later in the year and uh, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, excited for everyone to come into town. Uh, like I said, open to all Browns fans. Everyone's welcome for the welcome party, for the tailgate. Uh, check out the website, BigAppleBrowns.com beforehand so you can grab your drink tickets and get all the information. We've got all the details about transportation to the stadium, the best ways to get there, all the information on the party and the tailgate. So it's kind of a one-stop if you're make, thinking about making the trip to New York. Excellent. Just tell everyone what the uh, web, website address is. It's just BigAppleBrowns.com. Or if you Google, you know, Big Apple Browns or New York City Browns backers, we pretty much were like the 10 first results on Google. So we're hard to miss. Awesome. No, thanks a lot, mate. And uh, any plans ever to come back to London? I don't know. Maybe if the Browns uh, have another, you know, game in London, definitely would, would you, we do that. That was, what, two seasons ago there was that London game. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, three seasons, yeah, coming to the third season. But I don't think uh, they'll be coming over for two or three years yet. Well, next time they do, I'll be there. I'm crashing on your couch. You've got it. Plus, with another 100 Browns fans, I promise the same thing. Great. Well, you can just run an Airbnb. I'm sure it's, you know, it's fine with London's only. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, take care. Go Browns. Bye-bye.